Time to get dicey with it. This is a salty episode. Time to get salty with it. Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And we are here this week with episode 139, Put Your Foot in the Ground and Stand Up. So I guess starting off, we get a, not directly called out, but we, we know who he's, he was talking about. There's 50% more sound than the Bargain Podcast, which apparently I'm going to assume he was talking about us and us being the Bargain Podcast. No, no, I think we're actually the 50% more sound. <laughs> No, he See, said, a, the, a he bargain said, podcast doesn't have a podcast about the podcast, so we get 50% more sound that way. I mean, w- wait, hold on. So you're saying that they're the bargain podcast? No, they're the podcast, and the reason they have 50% more sound than bargain podcasts is because oh, they have dice oh. and salt on top of it. Right, right. Okay, okay. I'm with you. I still thought we were the bargain podcast in this. We're totally a bargain podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, you're not wrong. It's true. I guess we kind of start out with like a recap where Alex tries to gaslight us all by yes. painting Maraina as this hero and and the party as being lazy slackers. <laughs> I know. I know. Which is fun. And she's like... I, I know you wanted to wait for the law, but I think the time to act is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm telling you, she's evil. <laughs> and we're never going to find out, I bet. I bet events will turn on us and we'll never know the truth. <laughs> They'll end up killing her for some reason, like some sort of accidental. Oh, she was in there. Oops. Yeah, maybe. I, hey, I'm I just, could, I could you know, see I'm feeling it. That. I'm feeling it. We'll see. One thing that I, I want to mention that was sort of sort of a new deal is we did get a glimpse at the map. Right. And oh, the blue gardens of Talil. The blue. The cordon blue gardens of Talil <laughs> were laid out differently than what I saw in my head. Very. I was not expecting this particular layout. Uh, for those that you can't see it, it's a giant rectangle with like a big L-shaped building on the left and then like this big open courtyard in like the i i, I guess the easiest way bottom to describe middle it, third yeah if if the rectangle was divided up into six squares right the left two and center top would be the building the center bottom and right bottom would be the gardens and then the top uh right would be the greenhouses would be the best way to describe that i think but that's not what I had pictured in my head at all. Yeah, no, this isn't. This is not the layout I saw. Plus, I totally didn't get the the gate where the PCs, you know, teleport to. Mm-hmm. Is literally like five feet. That the the border of the the whole complex is five feet from the wall of the big lab building. Right. I I didn't get that at all. It was like- way tighter. It now makes a little sense when. Joe was saying, I don't want to squeeze in there and get squeezed. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. I so get it just, it. it's vastly different. You know, you told me something. Toast. Yes. You told me. What did I do? That it was spelled blue, like cordon blue. That's what they said. But on the map, 
Oh, no. It says. Oh, no, it does. Of Talil. Blue. (laughs) B-L-U-E. Oh, my God, it does. Oh, okay, then. (laughs) They they said in the episode. Far be it from me to read. To read. (laughs) I'm I'm going to have to talk to Alex. I'm I'm pretty sure they said in in the episode, you know, a, a couple episodes back, that it was blue, like cordon bleu. We made a whole, we had a whole joke about it. It's been, I've been making that joke for like two weeks now, three weeks. And apparently it was all wrong. It was all lies. All lies and deception were gaslighted by GM Alex right there. Yeah, I'm putting it all on Alex's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. He even says Blue Gardens of Talil, map of progress, spelled B-L-U-E. This is all going to turn out to be toast fantasy. Oh my God. It... <laughs> I'm going to laugh because I remember you telling me and I took your word for it. I said, well, okay. it was it was in the episode. That's what they said. I, I I don't I don't know at this point. Well, I'm either going crazy, which is not out of the question, or um we're being gaslit and let's I think it'd be easier just to blame Alex here. It is easier, but I leave it to you to decide, listener. Mm-hmm, Has mm-hmm. Toast lost it? Or is Alex a dirty, rotten liar? There's also you no decide. reason it can't be both. <laughs> this is true. Well, I guess moving on, they go to explore the greenhouse. Oh, no, they they uh, spellcraft the staff they found. Um, Because it does the move earth spell and then... Yes, because it's a staff of, the, of earth? Yeah. Is cause, that? Because it does move earth with one charge and then pass wall with the other and it has four charges so yeah they spellcraft that which was neat it's not what i was expecting and i always thought staves had three spells that they would do for various charge amounts. i don't know they've changed so much from yeah what i remember so but they they do they do find out what that is um and then they do go kind of explore the greenhouses mostly they just kind of make uh Thelias go close the door <laughs> Yes, but all invisibly. All right. Invisibly. But <laughs> Except for, you know, Teoblith, who... Uh, yeah, Arginus makes, uh, makes him go close the door. And that's then, true. And then... Closes calls, one calls and him. then tells him he's got to close the other. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think he called him my lord and then downgraded him and then, like, the to next boss. To boss. Yeah, to boss, yeah. <laughs> Which was good. I, I think after that, they go into the actual facility... And they're basically immediately confronted by a bunch of people who, yes. who seem confused as to the door they're coming in. It's like they weren't expecting that door because the alarm's going off. They're expecting someone, just not from there. Yes, because they're probably, based on the map, expecting the door nearest to the gate that the PCs teleported to. Right. Not the door over by the greenhouses. Right. So it, it cuts. But what's- yeah, it just awesome it catches them off guard. Oh, it does. What's awesome about this, though, is we get into a little role play, and once again, our genus steps forward to be the face of the party, which is a terrible idea. He's insane. After yeah, Uhtred says something to start it, but then our genus just jumps in and starts going, which makes it just better and better. And right off the bat, if I remember correctly, the scientists are saying, Weird. "What are you talking about?" We're saving the city. What do you mean you're here to help? If you're here to help, you wouldn't attack us. Yeah. All this stuff. Which <laughs> they're, is they're going I've, on about I've, how both of them are trying to save the city and they're like, Well, one of us is wrong. 
That's true. I what entertains me about this is I've noticed that Paizo has these interactions where they have the person talking and they have no room in their description or no room in what the person's stance is for them to be swayed or anything. Right. That was kind of a um, an issue in the game that I was playing where one of my players was complaining about the the lack of options other than combat for different situations. The GM would basically have to go off book to do that, you know, because they don't seem to expect you to do anything but fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I've noticed that a lot that sometimes it says this person will only do X or Y. And you're like, yeah, but this person has this background that we, you know, because we've been exposed to them, say. And so we know this and this. So now we're going to try and influence them. And you kind of get sometimes you get you get quite railroaded. And I had that sensation here and was waiting to see how how Alex was going to handle it, mm-hmm. because I was expecting that we're going to get a little conversation well, then why'd you burn the docks? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Yeah. You sent the weirwoods that did this. I totally expected that to happen. And our genus maybe was headed that direction. I don't know. And then suddenly Tiablith just goes, oh, hell, safety off. Right. And hoses them down. <laughs> well. Or sorry, that wrong sound effect. It would be. Because it's his arrow, bow and arrow, and he's shooting everybody. So, uh, or we could go twang, 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 whichever, whatever you prefer. <laughs> yeah. He he starts firing and they just they're like uh, oh, okay I guess we're fighting I thought we were gonna talk but sure <laughs> I just love that it was wow this is too much talking yeah too much role playing attack 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 that's kind of on brand for Tiablith well it's kind of on brand for everybody at this point because I mean let's talk about for just a second let's flash back to book four when Tiablith joins the party at those ruins. It's at the ruins where the uh, living creatures, there's a section of them where living creatures are killed instantly kind of, or almost instantly. It's this horrible little thing. And then uh, the crusaders from last wall destroyed it. So Tarbafon couldn't use it. Right. I, I forget the name of the ruins, but do you remember the ruins? Yes. Everybody that he talks to from there until he gets to uh, Zapotl pretty much is trying to kill him. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, Although I will say this, I don't know why he didn't open fire when they were talking well, to the uh, that, Knights of Ozum. That's not true. He spent a night in in Curse, so from from the ruins to Curse, <laughs> not to Zapotle. <laughs> I'm being pedantic now, so we can just ignore me, and you can. Continue. Yeah, there's that. There is that. <laughs> but you know, in that case, he did have someone who was willing to kill him if he got out of line. Because Erasny was going to smoke his little elven ass if he got too uppity. That 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 is also true. So and and uh, he's not he's he's pretty much always being threatened. Just Ro- Rogar would have let that happen. <laughs> I don't I don't he, know about that. Right? He didn't like the elf. I I just I just got like, this feel. He didn't. Yeah, but of course he didn't dislike him either. Really, because he didn't really know him. Yeah, but he also hates undead. So like. Does he defend the elf that he doesn't like against the undead? Or does he let the elf die and let the undead do what she wants? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. I mean, he did hold back on Arasni, So, I mean, I'm just going to say there might be a special undead that gets a break. I think she gets a break because she would wipe the floor with him and he doesn't want to die. And he's smart enough to know that. Well, right. So you really <laughs> can't stop her from killing anybody then. 
That, that is saying. also true. So he wouldn't but like it. Anyway. But <laughs> he wouldn't. Up to up to Zapotle, Erasny's going to get him. The, the Knights of Ozum are, are, would have slaughtered him just simply because they had numbers, right? Right. So everything that, that is talking to him basically wants to kill him. Or is going to try to kill him or, you know, it's, it's pretty here. So the very first time, the very first time he encounters something where they're like, well, maybe we'd rather not fight, which could be Alex going a little off script because they had all the opening stuff. Right. He panics and goes back <laughs> to what he knows. Yeah. We, we got to start fighting now. <laughs> woof, 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 woof. You know, tang, 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 whatever. Good Lord. <laughs> right. In his so, defense. His I, evil defense. Evil defense. Yeah. You're too much talking. You didn't surrender. You need to die. We said we'd try and save them. We tried. They didn't oh give up Oh, my God. Instantly. That's right. They <laughs> I forgot that already. They did say they would try and not kill the scientists. And what did they do? They just started killing. Right. Well, Here they I did try to not again. kill them. They said surrender. And the scientists went, fine, surrendering to you. Well, they're attacking us. They can still attack them non-lethally and try to keep them, you know, alive but unconscious. But that's clearly not going to happen. Half of them are dead. Or a number of them are dead at the end of the episode. Uh, it may yeah, have just been the werewoods. Dead. The werewoods are definitely gone. Right. Because, and before we even get to that, it's the, you know, it's all the scientists have no idea why they're being attacked. Right. They're all working to save the city. Umbarno's trying to save the city. Mm-hmm. And the guys don't pause and go, wait a second. How can you be under the misapprehension that you're trying to save the city when you've got weirwoods in there playing, you know, Nazi troopers and rounding up all the people. Well, they, they did mention it, right? They, they did mention that, you know, why are you guys attacking the city with the weirwoods? And the guy goes, well, I don't know anything about that. So, right. Which I would have instantly thought, well, well then who would, right? Because the flow of weirwoods attacking the city, right? So any of that stuff. So, I'm I'm beginning to think that everything's coming to fruition. Umbarno's the good guy. Marianne is finally being exposed as the bad guy. It would be such a and you know weird all, twist, but I wouldn't put it past Paizo to do it. All you know, everything points to you know Tarbafon's hand reaching out, manipulating all to get his hands on Tumbaha Mountain and the oh god, the kill. The hell's the name of that tree? The Kumaru tree. Kumaro tree. The Kumaro tree. Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> it's okay. We haven't talked about, you know, the Kumaro tree specifically for a while. Yeah. You know, which is already locked down by Nessie. Right. Inside the mountain. That's right. Because dragons go inside mountains. Is is it a is it a, is it an actual mountain? Is that what we're talking about? Is this thing like No, it's a temple. It's very clearly a temple they built over it, but it's so big. Oh, okay, okay. Because it has to be. Because they described it. They built a temple over it, and they call it Tumbaha Mountain. Okay. See, I, <laughs> I had this image in my head of an actual mountain with a tree growing inside it. I don't know why, but that's they keep calling it a mountain, but it's just the name. Oh. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that imagery is legitimate. <laughs> I mean, they call it Tumbaha Mountain. Maybe at one time it was, you know, they built over it, but there could be, you know, debris and other stuff that's piled up that makes it more mountain, less temple on the outside. Yeah. Now that you mention, it, I doubt it, but I just, I liked the idea, the image in my head of this just normal mountain with a tree growing inside it. I thought it was hilarious. Hey, you know, it could happen. Little exposure to the, to sunlight, you know, through mm-hmm. like a, a, you know, a volcano like mountain. Mm-hmm. 
right? To totally make that go. Totally make that imagery work. Mm. Oh, I got so. surprised here with the crit. <laughs> I love that. It was great. Because I was, was like, I'm, you know, I was plugging along the notes. I'm like, oh, t has got a crit. It's fan crit. And then I'm like, holy shit, it's mine, my new one. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he just fires an arrow at the stick man, and the stick man goes kaboom. <laughs> I think he goes more than kaboom. I think <laughs> t does like... 100 points There was kind plus. of the rustle of falling sticks. It's like, you ever play pickup sticks? No, I was not born in 1900. Okay. Yeah, not 1900, <laughs> but anyway. The the old wooden ones had a, had a sound when you dropped them, you know, because it's all tingling together. So, or like when you drop, you know, kindling beside a fire. So sure, I imagined sure. I heard that sound as, you know, right after the arrow <laughs> pierced him. You hear yeah. it all sort of collapses and fell apart. I just imagine him like putting this arrow up to the werewood's face literally point blank because he steps up to him and just okay fine let's go <laughs> yeah and it has so much force behind it that it just i think you described it earlier to me as as penetrating his head and exploding out the back <laughs> just splinters everywhere well i w with that in with the, the head description i imagine it hit him and then sort of slammed him down to the ground and then he was staked in place through his head to the ground because it just you know so much force that he just went right over you know kind of like if you push over a two by four it just falls flat over and then you know nail the one end to the ground there yeah that's fair all in in one you know fluid motion from tibless bow to uh right right the dirt but uh, i love to hearing alex go reading it and he goes so that means it's a four times crit it's it's not technically a four times crit. It's a three times crit and an extra arrow because he's doing many shot. So only the right, first but arrow. My crit made it a three times crit, which I think. Right. I, my understanding was that made it kicked it up from a three times crit to a four times crit. Unless I misunderstood. See, I thought they were talking about the arrow itself that crit is a times three crit because of your card. And it be technically becomes the same as a four times crit because it's a multi-shot and there are two arrows but the second arrow is just normal so you're you're essentially getting a four times crit but that's not technically correct i would say uh yeah i don't know because see it it was the longbow itself is a three times crit oh well then if you had a three times crit that yeah that should have bumped it up to a four and then there should have been crit. an arrow on top of it giving it a making it, you know, numbers-wise, you know, five times crit. Gotcha. So. I think that, I, I mean, I think Matt got it, uh, added it up right, I'm going to assume, because it was would, over 100 points of damage, I thought. Yes. Probably one of the, the hardest hits in the game so far. I think Rogyar is the only one that hasn't beat. That's true. But, um, but he had to go all, you know, magical blasty powers <laughs> in order to get there. Right, right. You know, Tia Blith did it with, you know. Uh, a very powerful Dare, magical say, bow. Two, two, Two blades and, a, and, you know, a lot of work. I don't think he'd put in all the work. He just paid for the bow. That's true. That's true. It's not Daredevil. <laughs> it's Deadpool. Deadpool's the one that says that. <laughs> Two blades in maximum effort. That's what he says in the movies. That's what he says. Maximum effort. That's good. I like those movies. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we get, like, another round in where people are fighting. There's not a whole lot. And then... Tiablis crits our genus due to a uh, fumble. Critical fumble. Critical fumble. I always I always wait for them to roll the third one when they roll two ones in a row like that, and they never do, because I'm always going roll for suicide, roll for suicide. 
they never do it. Nobody likes that. But it's funny. It's funny to me. Not suicide. Yeah, okay. Just the, you know, you have the trip 20s that you do. Like, if you roll three 20s in a row, the thing just dies. But you should get the opposite, too. If you roll three ones in a row, you die. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. I know nobody wants it, but I'm... You just want him to roll your dice when that happens, because <laughs> your dice would turn on you. Oh, they absolutely would. Uh, I mean, they end it on, I guess, technically a cliffhanger, sort of. It's a fumble crit cliffhanger, because Tealbleth is... Basically, the fumble says he crit threat the closest ally, which is our genus. And, and then he and, confirmed it. Yeah, and he confirmed the fumble. But now he has to confirm the crit, which they're going to do next week. Which, uh, considering he just crit for like 100 plus damage, is not good. <laughs> he, he might well, one Well, you, you could see it as not good. I mean, he might one-shot But, you know, I'm genus. optimistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm told I'm optimistic. I see this as very excessively bad for our genus. Positively. Positively Excessively bad. bad. <laughs> Positively bad. Uh, yes, it is. It is not good. But that's that's kind of where they leave us this week. Do you have anything else? I do not have anything else. No. I guess that's where we're going to leave you this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast, and I'm Lord Richter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Welcome my back French to Dyson Salt. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was my bad. <laughs> it's fine.